Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, it is our annual gift guide. Non-denominational gift guide. Yes, apparently uh, the last day of Hanukkah falls on the 24th this year, so... Cool. Right around the same time. I know they don't do big gifts for it, but you know, if you wanted to, that's this the, could help. That's the eight crazy nights. Sure. I, I'm, I don't know enough about it. I only know what TikTok teaches me. The only thing I know about Hanukkah is from Adam Sandler. Yeah, no, mine, mine is TikTok. I follow a lot of people on TikTok. It's very interesting, but I, I, I know mostly jokes about it rather than, uh, you know, the actual, the actual context. Yes. I know it's not as big as people think it is just because of the fact it's close to Christmas. Okay. <laughs> and this has been not board games with yes. Shay and David. Yes. This is uh, Shay, com- this complete is, oblivious. Yeah, this is people who don't know what Hanukkah is discuss yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. And for next <laughs> next holiday we will butcher. <laughs> yeah, Kwanzaa's around the time, right? <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have some categories. Uh, we'll dis- discuss a couple of games for each of them, or one game for each of them, uh, and go from there. Yeah, we got, we got some categories. I was told I made fun of Dave's last year, and once he sent me his, I realized why I made fun of them last year. But we we kind of I think combined the two of ours. Yeah, to we've make we've them a little bit um, easier to read, less objective. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You want to start us off? Yes, so this was great games that are always a good choice. So the, to me, this category is those evergreens. The the games that, if you don't already own them, are a good choice for that board gamer uh, or somebody getting into board gaming, you know. I, I put this one as almost like a catch-all. It was like, is there a game I love that I think people should get that doesn't necessarily fall into one of these games? I'm going to put it here. Okay, see, I, I went with stuff like... So mine for this category are Wingspan and Quacks. Yeah, mine's Quacks. Like, That's what I got. Both of them are great games. Both of them, you know, sell a lot. Yeah, and I think, like, the other one I almost put here was Castles. Because yeah. I feel like... Quacks, Castles, um, what was the other one you said? Wingspan. Um, they're all games that they're easy to get. Like, they're they're constantly Readily in available. You can easily get them. They're not too difficult to learn. Like, they're yep. varying levels of complexity, but they're not that difficult to learn. And they're really fun. Like, they're all games that we've played multiple times and that we really enjoy pulling out every time we play them. Yeah, I would put... Uh... Space Base and yeah. Azul into this category. Definitely, yeah. Uh, it, I'm, I don't want to call them the Gateway Games because that's your Seven Wonders. Yeah, ticket to they're ride. kind of a step above. Yeah, it's that better, not better not game, better. but that that other game. Yeah. Okay, next one is Euros. Yes. Um, I had trouble with this one because I never, ever remember how to separate Euros from other games. I'm like, is it a Euro? Is it not? I'm not sure. And even when I looked it up, I think it's, it's still quite broad. Do you want to give a definition of a Euro? Because I have the Wikipedia definition. Well, but... in modern gaming, Euros and America-style games are starting to blend. Yeah. Right? There, there's less and less true Euro versus true 
America. This this to me is the one that tends more to a Euro, so less luck, uh, less interactivity, uh, that style of game, mm -hmm. right? You know, you, you can get a strategy and roll with it, and you're not going to get too hampered by a dice roll or a card flip. Yeah. Uh, so I've tried to go with some stuff that I know is coming out if it's not out already. Uh, my two here are the new tea game, uh, Tilicum, mm -hmm. and the new one from Devere, Lacrimosa. Okay, yep. Uh, Tilicum, I don't, or Tilicum, I don't know as much about, but it's a tea series, so it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, and it will be your dry euro. Like, through and through, that's the style of games that they put out, and I'm looking forward to it. Lacrimosa is from Devere, who's one of my new favorite publishers, uh, Red Cathedral and Patuku both blew me away mm -hmm. uh, for what you get in that box and the production value of Patuku, and this is in the same line as Lacrimosa, which you are hired by... Mozart's widow trying mm -hmm. to finish his last symphony and it, the mechanics and everything just looks so good. They look cool. Yeah. Uh, I saw it on a shelf in a game store in Victoria. And you didn't buy it? It was very pricey there. They, oh, okay. they did not have my same pricing. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, and I know it's going to be here before Christmas and I'm trying not to buy this one because that's the one I've put on my Christmas list for right. a lot of people to get me. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, for Euros, I ones we actually just mentioned, uh, Castles, yep. Castles of Burgundy, uh, and Wingspan, actually, I saw was put underneath a Euro game. Yep. So, I was like, that one, I think, is one of those kind of blurred line games, because I'm like, it feels quite thematic to me, but Euros don't have much player interaction, and in Wingspan, there's basically no player interaction. Yeah, the interaction is, I'm taking this card before you do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's the five resource dice, which mitigates the dice rolling, and I'm going to take that one before you can get it. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So, for the most part, like, those are the ones I went with. Um, again, they're just games that I quite enjoy. Uh, Euro style, like, I play, have played a decent amount of Euro style, but to be honest, I probably lean more towards the American style games, because those tend to be more thematic. Okay. Um, I don't... Yeah, like, when it comes to player interaction and stuff like that, there's varying levels of what I like, but I think most of the games I do enjoy fall closer to the American style than the Euro style, so I had trouble kind of differentiating yeah, for them. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Castles of, Castles of Burgundy is a classic. I think everybody should play that game. It's excellent. Yeah. An honorable mention in this one is Sky Mines from Alexander Pfister. It's a redo of Mombasa. Mm -hmm. uh, just got released. Uh, I've only played Mombasa once, but I still think about it. And this <laughs> is another one that I really want to play. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, the next one is... Uh, easy to learn games. What about thematic? A oh, thematic? Did I miss thematic? I you did miss thematic. thematic. I jumped down one. Darn, that's my favorite one too. Yeah. Uh, I, I scrolled too far down on my list. Thematic games. I uh, believe last year you had this as thematic games that aren't too painful to play, which yes. I take offense to. Um, <laughs> but thematic games. So games that have quite a strong theme. And I would say, because we've kind of discussed this recently um, or this year, um, thematic games where the theme actually plays a factor 
Like, it's not just pasted on. Yep. Um, so games I have here are things like Jaws of the Lion on, like, the high end, the heavier end. Okay. Um, or pa- or uh, Gloomhaven. Um, I put, actually, Pandemic and Pandemic Legacy in here as well, because I think, although a different theme, it it's very much like you are saving the world, right? Like, that's yep. the theme of it. And it is the point of the game. You can't really play it without it. Well, and we've mentioned with Pandemic Legacy how playing it during COVID was just a little bit too true to A life. little bit much. I think we can go back to it now. And yep. if you play Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, it's around the Cold War. So it's actually, like, it is a bioweapon, but it's not a pandemic necessarily. It is it is the Cold War. Yes. Um, so there are options. But yeah, things like those what i have in here yeah uh i'm not great at, at theme the, games at yeah theme games and yeah this is your your hard one here th- th- this is my hard one yeah uh i agree with jaws of the lion uh i think as a thematic dungeon crawl i'm fighting monsters it feels like mm-hmm. everything is good that that would be my number one uh I always go back to those Euroe games, and you know I like uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yep. I, I like the idea of I'm Indiana Jones, and I get that feeling out of that game. I got made fun of this previously, saying it was thematic, because but to me it is. <laughs> yeah, it's different uh, levels of thematic. Yeah, and, and it just went over a hundred thousand copies sold. Hey, nice. I this is one of those ones that's done really well. Uh, it's that hybrid deck building slash worker placement that's been very popular with that, Endless Winter, Dune Imperium. Uh, so that's my pick for thematic. Yeah, I'd say stuff like Rise of Queensdale as well. A lot of legacy games I, I throw into this category yeah. because by definition, a legacy game has a story kind of going through it. Yeah, Anachrony is uh, another one that I feel I, is very thematic. Yeah, the issue with that one is it's not available right now. I uh, know it is. Is it? Yeah. It says it's not available on Amazon, so I didn't oh, think really? it was. Yeah. yeah, no, Amazon is... I've seen it in Jeff's. Okay, sure so I it have. is available. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Okay, now... Now the easy to play. Quick to learn and play. What you, do you got? You want me to start? Yeah, okay. I'll let yeah. you start on this one. Um... Couple here, so I have uh, Santorini, yeah, um, which is one that we just picked up, but I've actually played a few years back, and we learned it in like five minutes. And even with the expansion, you it barely adds any learning time onto it. Super easy to play. The only thing is, is it's it's a low player count, but yeah, it's it's they say two to four. It's, uh, it's really a two player. Two game. player is really what you want to play it at, but it's excellent. Um, as always with category like this, we talk a lot about rolling rights because they tend to be, or well, up until recently, they tended to be quite a bit easier yep. to play. A new one we've gotten, Explorers, I think is excellent and yes. pretty easy to learn as well as make it more complex as you go. Uh, and a game that I also don't think is necessarily fully available that we just got and I think is worth it if you can find somebody like selling their copy, Flamecraft, yes. was excellent, so easy to learn was a Kickstarter, so I don't know if there's a retail version of it yet, but... There, there is a retail okay, version of yeah. it, and it is out there. Uh, that is my number one pick for this yeah, one. Yeah, I thought it might be, uh, yeah. As a worker placement, set collection, contract fulfillment game, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, the, of course, we do have the Kickstarter edition, yep. uh, but the retail version, I think you're just losing some screen printing. I think it's still a nice version of it. 
Uh, it's very reasonable priced. I think it's like fifty dollars. Yeah, awesome. Forty fifty dollars at retail. Uh, really good selection. Uh, I had another one in my brain and it just left me. You didn't write it down? No, I don't write stuff down. You, you don't know write, that. write stuff down? No. No. Oh, the new Splendor Duel. Oh, okay. I've just looked at it. Uh, they say it changes the game up enough that it it has its own place. And mm-hmm. as a two-player game, if you like two-player games, this is supposed to be a nice choice. Cool. Yeah. Okay, big box game. Big box. We're, we're, we're hitting hard, going strong right off the bat here. <laughs> uh, our categories are all over the map. <laughs> yeah, there's no order to these categories. There is no order, so you do have to listen to the entire show. Yeah. Uh, big box games is hard, because uh, a lot of big box games are Kickstarters. Yeah, or add-ons. Or add-ons. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are very hard to get, because big box games go fast. Yeah. Uh, my big box game that I just picked up, that if you can find, is well worth it, is Endless Winter. Mm-hmm. Uh it's reasonably sized. It's very funny that you're calling that a big box game on top of the games that are like that are underneath it on our shelves. It uh, looks normal sized. Co- compared <laughs> to the 12 by 12 stuff, like <laughs> it is a big box game. Uh, I'm always like, if you have an option to get an Acrony or the Everdale stuff or, yeah. you know, Scythe, Gloomhaven, those are always good choices. But in a bigger box... Uh, for a reasonable price in retail, Endless Winter is a very solid game. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, highly recommend over Christmas if you can find it. It's it's going to be hard to get. If you find a copy, get it. Yeah, you, you kind of took the one that I was saying. Like, I put Everdell on. Now, I don't necessarily mean the big box of storage because I got that one. It's massive. However, it was a Kickstarter. It's not going to be a retail thing. However, I think it counts... If you just buy everything that Everdell has, because they do make retail versions. Yes. And there's so much that it basically becomes its own big box. Yes. Um, so you can still get everything, it's just you don't get the, the internal box. For sure. Um, and Gloomhaven, of course, has is has always been in print. You're going to be able to find that. So if you're willing to play, you know, get a game like that, it's going to be an excellent big box game. Yeah, and I don't think Frosthaven is going to make it into retail before Christmas. But, you know, it, it took a bunch of people a couple of years to finish Gloomhaven, so I think there's still time for that one to show up. Yeah, I, I think the people that finish Gloomhaven is in the minority. Yeah. Extreme minority. Yeah. Okay, let's get into games with a tactile feel. Yeah, this one's hard. This one is hard because, you know, a lot of those are uh, dexterity games. Yep. But there are games where you're stacking stuff up, building towers. Well, so the one I put on mine is actually my first one was Cryptid. Because, well, it's not tactile in, in like, the traditional sense. Like, you wouldn't think, um, you know, you're, you know, it's not Jenga. But the whole thing revolves around you putting cubes out and building this map and stuff like that. So I think it kind of falls into that. Okay. Interesting. You, You see my argument? No. No? I, I see my <laughs> argument. I think with tactile things, like, there's there's kind of two senses. There's ones where you're building building stuff, right? So things like, uh, is it Patoku where you're building the, the bamboo? Or which which one are you building the bamboo? You're plugging things in to build bamboo. I don't. We no. played it at Marco and Ryan's. 
Oh, Takenoko. Takenoko. Um, so there's ones like that, right, where you're actually plugging stuff in. Yeah. But I also consider tactile games games where there's, like, a lot of components to play with. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. So that's where things like Cryptid fall into that for me, because you can't really play the game without putting these pieces out. Um, I did also, of course, include Monaro, which I think is a classic true tactile game like Jenga, where you are building things. Yeah, um, Monaro is my go-to in this category, always. Uh, for me, I went with a different route. I went with a game that came out last year, uh, New York Zoo. Okay, yeah. You have all the cute little animals. You're putting down Tetris pile or pieces. Uh, it's very tactile. You're playing in, playing along, and it's so cute and so easy to learn. Uh, that's my my pick for this year is New York Zoo. Mm. I mean, classic one. I was just thinking, Ticket to Ride as well. You're putting trains out. Yeah. And who doesn't like doing that? Another one along those lines is uh, the simpler one. Uh, Transamerica. Oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where you're just doing the little wooden pieces. Mm-hmm. So very, very similar. Okay, we are on to heavy games. Yeah, I had trouble with this one, too. Because yeah. a lot of the games I've played and I really enjoy, com- if you look at BGG's complexity rating, are only at like a 2.5 or high twos. I don't know what you consider a heavy game in terms of the complexity rating, but... Well, for me, heavy is in... The weight of a game is in the gamer, right? Yeah. So what I consider heavy is going to be way heavier than what you consider heavy, right? So you may play, let's look, or something like uh, Dice Theme Hospital, you know, right? <laughs> or Di- Dice Theme Park. I compare, I combine the two. Dice Theme Park, right? Where you're, you have a lot of stuff going on and you have to manage. So that may feel heavy to you, uh-huh. right? So it's it what it's what feels heavy to you, like for me, uh, when I think heavy, I'm looking at the Lacertas. Right? Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping Weather Machine shows up before Christmas for people because it looks awesome. Uh, if you can't find that, any of the Lacertas, my favorites right now are on Mars and Kanban. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are good options. They're they're a little bit harder to get because of the big box variety of them. Yeah. And I production had, value. Fair enough. I had things like uh, Champions of Midgard um, as a heavier game. It Honestly, it's I think theoretically for somebody who plays more, it's not as heavy. Uh, in fact, I think I looked this up. Hadrian's Wall has a higher weight than Champions, which is interesting to me because I would still consider Champions to be heavier than Hadrian's Wall. But So, so case in point with champions we just played it on a wednesday night yeah all of us play a fair amount of games the teach was only about 10 to 15 minutes yeah because because the mechanics are stuff that we've seen previously yeah right uh mentioned this about nine times anachrony yeah i had that one another heavy game right there's there's a lot going on and it causes you to reverse engineer a lot of stuff to get to where you want to be i also had uh dinosaur world on here yep um now, I was hesitant putting this one on because of what's going on at Pandasaurus, but it is a good game. And if you have the chance to at least play it, like if somebody has it, it's excellent. For sure. Yeah, no, there's there's so many good games out there uh, that fall And I think you're right. Heavy. Like, this is just our idea of heavy games. Um, everybody's 
versions of that is going to be different. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, like if you're only playing Ticket to Ride, uh, Seven Wonders, those types of games, anything you move up to is going to feel heavier. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay, Thinky Puzzly Game. Yep. Uh, I had two Tetris ones on here. Okay. Um, I think I'll throw Encrypted there again because excellent puzzle game. Um, but the two main ones I looked at, my top one is Isle of Cats. Okay. Um, and also I put My City on there. Um, both of them have that Tetris aspect where you're trying to fit them in and, you know, figure out how you're going to do that or do that to get the most points out of it. Classic games that are a lot of fun. That makes sense. Like right now, my go-to for that thinky puzzly game uh, is... Okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Later on, we have abstract strategy. These ones sort of go hand in hand, but They're pretty close. Yeah, I find the thinky puzzly has a little bit more theme to it. Uh, so I'm throwing Cascadia into there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from the makers of Cryptid or uh, Calico, and the new one that just showed up at retail is Verdant. Verdant. Uh, this is the best of the three games by far, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, an excellent game. You take a tile, you take the piece beside it. Uh, you can mitigate that with the leaves or the acorns. Uh, really, really solid game. Uh, so that's my thinky puzzly game. Uh, Isle of Cats popped to mind as well. Yeah. Uh, I thought you might have put in the Hall of the Mountain King on there, but. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to get. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What do you got next, Jay? Uh, next up, I have the Deluxe Upgrade. Yes. So we're going to take a break from the games, and we're going to go to the Upgrade version. Yeah, so you have somebody on your list who may have a few games, and you're not sure what to get them. Exactly, yeah. You want to get them something for those games, or for gaming. Yeah, or if you're the one looking to give somebody a list, and you're like, I don't know what to ask them for. Or, and you're like, mm, this board game's a little expensive for my kids to get me. You yes. know, here's something you can ask for. Um, on here, I have one specific and one less specific. Okay. Um, the specific one is the Anachrony figures. Yes. Um, I think if somebody has Anachrony and they don't have the 3D the figures, the exoskeletons, totally worth it. They're so cool. Um, so that's, that's number one there. Yep. And less specific... Neoprene mats. If a game has a neoprene mat, we've talked about it before, I think that is one of the best upgrades you can get for a game. Yeah, I, I would agree with the neoprene mats and, well, and an acre, of course, but uh, neoprene mats is, there's so many games now that you can get it as an add-on and those are making their way into retail instead of just staying at, at uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter level. Yeah. Uh, if you can get those, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to throw in the Geek Up Bits yep. from Board Game Geek. Uh, if you know somebody who plays Wingspan, plays Quacks, uh, Orleans, Orleans, any of those games that have a lot of little chits that you're using, those Geek Up Bits are well worth the money. They they wear very well, and they have they add to that tactile feel, which we just went yeah. over. Okay, card game. Yeah. Um, I went for a smaller one here. This was another one that I had a hard time with, because it's like, how do you define a card game? I went with Targi, actually. Oh, I love Targi. Right? I was, I saw it. I had to actually look up card games to try and figure out, like, how to narrow it down. Yep. And I saw Targi on there, and I'm like, Targi's an awesome game. Like, I had so much fun when I played that one. 
And it's not that expensive. It's a two-player game. It's kind of a cool one. There's uh, an expansion. There's an expansion. You know, neat one to throw in there. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, this is one that's just getting into retail, should hit just before Christmas, is the new Clank game, Clank oh, Catacombs. Okay. Uh Big thing that changes up on this one is the board is ever-changing because you're flipping tiles, putting them together, so you don't know what you're going to get, and each game is going to be different. Uh, we play a lot of Clank in Space. We do, yes. Uh, I've played half of Clank Legacy. Uh, have it on my shelf to play with us at some point. Yep. And Base Clank we've never really played a lot of, and this looks like a good stepping-on point uh, to play because it... It, there's enough change there that uh, it looks really good. Cool. I hadn't actually heard about it. Yes. Okay, Abstract Strategy. Yeah, so now these are the games where, like, there's not really a theme to it. There's no, no. theme to it. It's just an abstract game. Not usually a lot of randomness there. Um, yeah, just kind of out there. Yeah. Uh, classic one that I have to put on here is Zool. Because yep. that's basically the most well-known abstract strategy game that exists. I would put a hat in for Summer Pavilion. Because that's my favorite of the three Azul games. Yeah, Summer Pavilion is a great version of it. Uh, for me, I went with one of your picks, uh, Santorini. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so cool where you're moving around and adding those layers. And you have two people that you're fighting for space and stuff. Trying to block people. You're using them as you know offensive linemen for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Uh, it, I know it's out of print at Roxley, but there is lots of copies still around. Yeah, you can find used copies around. Yeah. Well, and there's still a lot of the big box stores have. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a solid game for a reasonable price. Easy to learn, easy to play. Uh, that is my choice for an abstract strategy. Absolutely. Okay, expansions. Uh, nope. No? No, maybe. I must have missed that one on my, on your list that you gave me. Expansions. Okay, expansions. Yeah. There are so many good expansions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can watch our full episodes where we talk about what makes a good expansion yeah. for more information. It's funny. I was We were looking for topics and came across the uh, Brothers Murph. Uh-huh. And they have like six metagame minutes just on expansions. Yep. <laughs> it well, it's comes just up, there's so much to talk about with them. Up. Uh, I'm going to go with one that I just played. Uh, with one of the hot games from last year, which was Dune Imperium, and this is The Rise of Ix. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it uh, it changed the game enough, but the mechanics are the same. It just makes it a little bit tougher, uh, makes it a little bit more gamery, uh, it makes it harder to get money. Uh, I really like the new balance that it added to the game. Uh, might be a little bit hard to get, but I think it's still in print. Uh, so if you have somebody that loves Dune Imperium from last year, this is a good option. Uh, and on the same vein, if you love know somebody that really liked Lost Ruins of Arnak, the the Leaders expansion is very good. Oh, good. Uh, both of them hot games last year, new expansions this year. Yeah. Classic one for me, I've talked about it before, the expansions for Champions of Midgard. Um, especially the Ragnarok one. I think an absolute necessity for the game. Valhalla. So, oh, sorry, Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you know somebody who has that game doesn't have that expansion, they will love it. Trust me. Yes. Uh, with that one, talking to Jeff, uh, Valhalla is the only expansion in print. The oh, base okay. game is out of print too. Is it really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know the base game was out of print. 
Yeah, he's yeah. They're thinking soon. Oh, okay. But. Okay, so that is our gift guide for the year. There's always uh, dice games, rolling rights that you can pick up. Most of those are good. Yeah. Uh, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good night.